grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is the story of Jesus' birth, Luke, the first chapter. And the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God, and you will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus, and he'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Dear friends of Christ, Christmas is for children. You know, kids don't have... They don't have a hard time trying to fix all the things about Christmas that don't make sense. Even the secular Christmas. I mean, you've got flying reindeer. You've got elves running around making toys and, and Santa delivering toys in one night. A castle at the North Pole. Um, a living snowman. Miracle on 34th Street. No problem. Right? Christmas is for children. And so it is with the things of God. You know, children don't try to fix all the things that don't make sense about Christmas. Angels appearing to the shepherds in their fields, no problem. God coming to tell Mary that he would be born, that the Son of God, God himself, would be in her womb and she would give a virgin birth, no problem. These things are no problem for kids. They just, they think like children. Christmas is for children, and today I want you to think like a child. Now, I don't want you to think irrationally like a child. I just want you to trust. I want you to hear God's Word. I want you to believe. Because what we're saying today is difficult. It's difficult for adults to grasp. The reality is challenging. And yet you tell a child that their sins are forgiven and they go off skipping happily along. You tell a child that the thunder and lightning is in control of God's hand, that God controls the thunder and lightning and they're comforted. No problem. And the results of Christmas are lasting for the children. I remember... I had one of our families lose their father. And I went and visited uh, the, the, the kids. The mom wanted me to counsel with the children. And I thought, well, how do you communicate heaven to a couple kids at that age? How do they, how do you? And they were playing, and I got there, and I talked to them about Jesus and their dad being with Jesus, and they said, I know. It's okay, Daddy's with Jesus. Christmas is for children. And so are the promises of Christmas. Well, this morning I want you to think, again, like a child. I want you to receive God's promises like a child of God. Because that's what you are. As we consider our theme for this morning, Christmas is for children. Now, in order to receive all the blessings that Christmas has to offer, you really need to think like a child. 
And that doesn't mean that we give up our intellect. It doesn't mean that we become childish. It does mean, however, that we trust, and the Holy Spirit who builds that trust comes to us with His Word, and He implants that promise in our minds so that we can grasp it with our hearts and believe it like children of God. Do you remember when you were a child the things that you feared? The irrational fears. You know, I had an irrational fear of basements. They terrified me. And like all children, I had an irrational fear of the dark. But I had other fears. That house down the street that, uh, in, you know, in, in the area that was abandoned, that was haunted, just like everybody said. I also had this strange fear of my baseball coach. But then we grow up. We grow up and all of a sudden we're not scared of much, are we? We're just not terrified of that many things. We ought to be afraid of some things. We ought to be afraid of our sin and what the sin does to us. We ought to be afraid of a holy God and offending Him and what that means when we offend the holy law of God and we break those commandments. And because the people weren't scared, because the people did not fear God, because the people did not act like children of God, God comes to them, remember on Mount Sinai, and God gives the Ten Commandments to Moses, and you remember that day, the cloud of God, the God's presence descended on Mount Sinai, the mountain shook, and there was thunder and lightning, and the people were told, don't touch the mountain or you'll die. This is the presence of God, and it's holy, and the people trembled in fear, just like children of God. And then God comes to us and He said, Every soul that sins will surely die. The wages of sin is death. And He tells us that we must be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. He tells us that every commandment that we break, every promise that we break, every thought that we think, every breath that we take is recorded. And he promises to keep track of all that. You know, talk like that might leave you feeling helpless. I mean, what can we do with that whole mess in the past? What can you do to offset all that? To offset all your sinfulness, all the foolishness, all the brokenness, the darkness of your soul. Maybe more church going will help, or, or maybe more church living might make a difference as if you can somehow atone for the things that you've done wrong with a few good acts that will appease the Lord from all your sin doing and your lust thinking. Do you think sorrow will merit any value for your sins? Do you think sorrowing over your sins will merit anything before God? Surely you remember what your parents used to say. Sorry isn't going to make it better. Sorry doesn't take your sins away either. Sorry does not turn God's wrath away from your brokenness. 
There's nothing you can do, nothing you can think, nothing you can say that's going to satisfy God's law. Now, if you're feeling hopeless, now you're beginning to get an idea of what it means to be a child of God. As a child hopeless before our Father, afraid and hopeless, afraid and helpless. And all our adult coping skills have been ripped away from us. And we stand before, naked before, an angry God who sees us as we are. And like a child, we need somebody to help us. We need a Heavenly Father to help us. To alleviate our fears. And that's exactly what God did for Mary in our text today. God comes to Mary when the angel Gabriel appeared to her to announce that she would carry the birth of the child. This was, she was 13 or 14. She was just a child herself. Just a kid. And our text says she was afraid. I would guess so. Can you imagine being 13 years old and dealing with a pregnancy? I'd be afraid too. When the angel starts talking to her, she feels helpless. And she responded to the angel by saying, how will this be? She was afraid. Christmas is for children. Children who are afraid. Children who are terrified. It's for those who are fearful, those who are helpless, those who know they can't help themselves and so they look to a greater one. Christmas is for those who can't do anything. Christmas is God's doing. Neither is Mary's holiness nor our holiness that none of that brought God down from heaven. No, Christmas came because of God's grace. Grace is undeserved love. Now, don't you see, God did not come to Mary because Mary was, because Mary deserved it. God did not come to Mary because Mary was a better virgin than all the other virgins. No, grace is undeserved. God came to Mary because it was the nature of his heart. God came to Mary because it was his divine essence. And there's no explanation for grace. If grace can be explained, then it's not grace. How can this be? And God came to Mary by grace, the same way God comes to you this Christmas by grace, by his undeserved love. He comes to us by that grace and gives us a Christ child to be born for us. Now, in this Christ child, he came to save us. We don't deserve this gift from heaven. We don't deserve to be saved, but he comes to be with us. Let me put it this way. We are Rudolphs who can't fly. We are Grinches whose hearts never grow and learn to be generous. And yet our God comes to us, Emmanuel, which means God with us, you know. It's incarnational theology. That's a big word. 
but it's what Christmas is all about, the incarnation. Now, again, I want you to think like a child, and I want you to think. I want you to think fleshly. I want you to think skin and hair and flesh and bones and blood and tissue. God comes to us. I want you to think about Christmas in a fleshly way, in a human way. And it's in that very human way that Jesus is born in a manger in Bethlehem. It's in that very human way that God places Jesus in the womb of Mary. And it's in a very human way that God attaches Jesus fleshly to the waters of baptism. And in a fleshly way, now think like a child, in a fleshly way, God attaches himself to you. And you say, well, I haven't heard this much. Paul talks about that. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were then joined together with his death? For we, if, we, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Baptism unites us. You're physically bound, physically united, physically one with Jesus. Now think like a child. You've got a husband and wife. They come together. They become one flesh. And you say, how can this be? Think like a child. Consider the incarnation reality of the Lord's Supper that we're about to take. You know, over here we've got the, the bread and the wine of the Lord's Supper, and, and, uh, and God says, I want you to take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you. And Paul talks about that incarnational reality. He reminds us of it in, in, in the book of Corinthians. He says, my cup of blessing that we bless, the wine, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? incarnational i want you to think like a child christ is in the blood and you participate in that that word is koinonia it means to share it means to become one with it means to join you become incarnationally bound to god and then paul continues the bread that we break is not a participation a koinonia, joining together, a uniting of the body of Christ. I want you to think like a child. God has attached himself fleshly to your flesh. And then he continues, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. You are physically bound to Christ. That's what the incarnation is about. That's what the Christmas is about. I need you to understand that. You know, think like a child of God. Jesus places himself under the exacting law of God. He comes into the world as man to keep the commandments. And he keeps all those rules that we can't keep. And then he in his body, in his flesh and blood, in his skin and his hair, sacrifices himself for our sins. Now Christmas is all God's doing. 
He's come, it's God coming to sinners as we tremble before Him in our fears and as we stand in our sins. And His message to Mary, stop being afraid. I'm going to live in you. Stop being afraid. I'm going to plant myself inside of you. His message to the shepherds who were standing in their fields, they were terrified. Fear not, for I bring you glad tidings of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God makes us His children, don't you see? He comes to fold us to His breast. He comes to embrace us with His arms to make us one with Him, and we are His children. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we're also adults, and we say, I don't like to be treated like a child. And so we think like an adult. We have a tough time receiving God's grace like a little child. But Christmas is for children. Christmas is for the children of God. Incarnational theology is for children. God becoming man and living in us. That God is with you is more than a promise. And if God makes a promise, that would be, that would be just sufficient. But God puts substance to His promise. He puts a reality to His promise. And He makes it personal. He comes to live in you. And then he calls you his temple. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And you say, well, when I die, I sure hope I get to heaven. Well, has Jesus lived in you? Does he dwell in you? Is the incarnation a reality reality for you or is it not? You see, this is what Christmas is about. And all that's great until we start thinking like Mary did who said, how can all this be? Well, that's an adult question. How can all this be? No, let the child of God come out. Let the child of God embrace the reality. Christ is in you. And not just his spirit. He's fleshly bound to you. And with that knowledge, you know, you should go skipping through the streets of Spencer telling everybody that God lives in me. My sins are forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. It's an incarnational reality. It's what Christmas is all about. And yet we don't go skipping through the streets of Spencer, do we? Why? We think like adults. And Mary's response, how can this be? How will this be? Is a grown-up response. Mary knew the virgin birth was a big problem. Mary knew God fitting in her womb would be a big problem. But did God let her sulk with all her questions? Did God let her sulk with all her doubts? Did God leave her alone to figure all that out on her own? No, He comes to her. And He let her know, I'm going to take care of everything. You don't worry about the details. And God's telling you the same thing today, because today you have adult problems. But God tells you, you as as he did through the angel Gabriel to Mary nothing is impossible with God 
What does that mean? Well, it means God has become man. Think like a child. Nothing is impossible. What does that mean? It means the incarnational theology that God literally has bound himself with your body and you are one flesh and we are the body of Christ and he's the head and we are the church. It means Emmanuel, God with us, is more than a promise. It means it's an incarnational reality that God lives in you. And you are his temple. And I want you to celebrate this, Christ, that, this Christmas as a child of God. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.